podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you are enjoying us to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends and your colleagues and whoever else, uh, and if you want to follow us, you can head on over to Instagram where we are Feminist Without Mystique, and on Twitter we are FWM Podcast. Um, welcome, Maria. <laughs> welcome. So good to see you. So great to see. Well, we can actually wow. see each other to our we listeners can. on um, a video, a Zencaster <laughs> video. So that's just to bridge the gap for right. our listeners there, you know. We can see each other. Yeah. We're going to talk about <clears throat> and just like that because we have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not in therapy right now, so I need this space <laughs> to process that. Um, mm-hmm. any news you want to talk about? The Olympics are happening. I uh, honestly couldn't give a shit I about the I don't care. I do want to watch the fun, jazzy ice performances, but yeah, you know, check out a little women's luge, but other than that, I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, part of it is first of all, I feel like the Olympics happen. Like people are like it once every four years. Okay. Maybe once every two, except for this year when it's like literally the summer and the winter, like constant Olympic the, it's yeah. constantly happening. And like, it's happening in China. There's lots of stuff. that's very spooky. And I'm sort of like, why are we yeah. do, why are we there for this right now? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of questions there. Um, Super Bowl happened. Go Rams. Um, <laughs> It happened. Uh, I enjoyed the halftime performance. Um, I did too. Did many of our ilk. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Millennials. The millennials. We, we were, which out. I feel like are constant. Like it's still referred. Like millennials are still referred to as if we're like youths. Yeah. But we're really not. We're really deep into like our forties. Some of us, not some us. We're us. in our thirties. We're youthful still. But not that yeah. you're old in your. You're not old in your forties. You're not old till you think you're old you know yeah which is something for and just like that you know exactly <laughs> until you right think you're old. <laughs> 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 um, stuff with ukraine and russia that i'm not even gonna fucking nope not dip yet. my toe into right now <laughs> oh my goodness question very, marks very yeah lot so many question marks something that we'll get into but i keep waiting for there to be like something mm-hmm. inciting yeah I don't. Um, we don't want there to be. No. <laughs> I mean, Maria does, I guess, but I don't want there to be <laughs> <Chipping> war. War. <laughs> no. God, she loves it. <laughs> I'm a hawk. I'm a war. I'm what I'm you'd such call a, a war hawk. Oh my god. <laughs> so you're wishing for that. I'm hoping it doesn't happen. Um, but right. we'll see. Find people <sighs> on both sides. You know. Yeah. Exactly. One side there's me and Putin. Yeah. Other side there's you and you know. I mean, and you Obama. two look beautiful on a horse, but. <laughs> That's where the fun ends. <laughs> the fun ends there. <laughs> it ends there. Then we've got what else? The Trump flushing documents down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Down the toilet and eating them. I'm just uh, so many, so many. And do you remember when he was going on his like tour talking about how toilets need to flush better? <laughs> and then looking back and being like, you were just like ranting about how you couldn't flush like classified documents down the toilet. Well he enough. just says and accuses other people of the crimes that he's currently committing. So blatantly, 
all the time about every type of crime, everything he does. It's yeah. so, so, so blatant. Yet there are still people who, so many people who are still super down for the guy. <sighs> a lot, a lot. I don't, it seems like there's like a letter that came out, the Mazers letter yesterday where they were like, can't trust any Trump's financial documents for the last 10 years, which like to that I say, obviously, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm never sure when anything is going to catch up with Teflon Don. So even though it feels like a big deal, it, it really to I'm, eventually something has to be the like Jenga piece that knocks the whole thing. There's know. so much. He's done so much. He brought 15 boxes of top secret documents to Mar-a-Lago <sighs> or classified. They weren't all top secret. They're all classified. Like just, Oh my God, this guy. I mean, it is obviously we've said this to death at this point, but like, but her emails, remember? But her emails. He uses Ugh. a personal, he uses other people's cell phones for his like illegal calls. And they don't have like, they have huge gaps on January 6th because like either things were destroyed or he wasn't using the official phones or both. I don't know, but <sighs> yikerooskies. I know. It would be cool if Justice like caught up with that man at some point. Could it, please? Uh... I don't know. We'll see. And I want him to go to like real jail. Yeah. Jail, jail. And in general, I want, you know, I want comprehensive (laughs) reforms, but like he can go. Not for him, though. Yeah. He can alone go (laughs) to just the worst facility. Azkaban for him. Thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely Azkaban. Yeah. He just, he's just such, uh, it would just be such a symbolic and real moment of justice if he were sent away to jail. Or just held accountable in some way in his life. Anyway, I know. I'm just just taking a moment to just like fantasize once again about what that would look like for him to just be hauled away in handcuffs. But we're not Um, here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Che Diaz (laughs) (laughs) and everyone else. (laughs) Che will come later. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. And you and I have not talked about this we've there's Mm -hmm. there have been brief textual exchanges about a few moments early Mm -hmm. on but there have not we have not as if people listening are like have they they (laughs) discussed this beforehand is there collusion (laughs) no you're gonna hear you're gonna hear right now how we feel um so let's dive in dive in Um, I think we're going to do this. We're going to tackle sort of characters and go from there. Um, mm-hmm. For those that don't know, and just like that is the uh, <laughs> Sex in the City, I guess, sequel series. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah. Reboot, sequel. Reboot. That's what people say. I don't know what they're saying, that's really. That's what they say. Um, um, let's start with Carrie. Yeah. Um, I feel like they each of the main characters have like, an issue to confront or a few <laughs> Miranda's got a lot <laughs> Miranda's deal. has Miranda's, quite a bit going on yeah. one of which just vanishes yes um, yes yeah. <laughs> oh my god she just booted alcoholism like really quickly and really never quickly. really talked about it again but we'll we'll get there and Charlotte didn't seem concerned yeah okay yeah uh, we'll get there we'll get there we'll, mm-hmm. we'll circle Carrie grief is the thing um mm-hmm big died um and there was all this like online debate over like (laughs) whether there was time um for 
her to, he has a heart attack after the peloton but it's not peloton's <laughs> fault according to peloton and mm. he's like in the shower and she comes home and he's very much still alive yeah and his phone's <laughs> wet i don't know if there are other phones she has a phone she call for help um start cpr and depend quite possibly save his life um <laughs> The early administration of CPR recently got recertified is uh, the most important thing, you know, in these in these cases. But she oh. was just and I'm not here. If anyone IRL was in the situation, they, you know, I'm not here to judge, but it just felt a little lazy to be like. This is how this is how it's going to happen. She's yeah. It was it was a it was an uncomfortably long amount so of time long. for him to just be in her arms alive mm-hmm. and her kind of just in the shower with him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. And like kissing him. And, you know, Dial you can you got two two hands, two arms, girl. <laughs> Hold him with one comfort. Very sweet. Lovely. Wonderful. And then use the other one. A little nine one one. You only need like one thumb. Right. I mean, that. she is supposed to be kind of a cool, calm, and collected, generally, woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit no nonsense and kind of, I don't know. I, I, it was hard to believe that that character in that moment wouldn't immediately try to save her husband's life. Yeah. And I, oh. yeah, I wonder how, <laughs> if they just didn't think, if they were like, oh, yes, this, this, this is believable as is or and i'm sure there are situations where you're so in shock that you can't do the things that you know you should be doing but it was just never addressed yeah. it wasn't like they were at brunch and she's like i feel really bad because <laughs> <laughs> i had 45 minutes <laughs> he was begging me to call but i just couldn't do it yeah um, yeah no uh but i like no. With Carrie and with the grief storyline and with like all of these storylines, I feel like um, there was, I, I see the intention. I'm here for the intention. Mm-hmm. The shit goes off the rails. There's no authenticity. It's all just kind of like, mm. but the grief storyline felt like it felt pretty real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that one felt like, okay, I, I, I buy this. Um, yeah. Whereas some of the other ones, I'm just like, we'll get into it. We'll get into oh, it. We'll get into it. We'll Cons- get into it. Considering grief was basically Carrie's, whole, like, the whole arc of the season mm-hmm. um, for her, she did have, like, I have gripes about her, about the podcast. Uh, this <laughs> is a podcast. I hate to be a technical nitpicky pickerson, but, like, <laughs> taking calls on a podcast is not that's live radio and so that's not a podcast (laughs) and it just feels like a very glaring thing but anyway just a minor minor little detail sounds like you're not hip you know i I am not hip woke moment moment. (laughs) god yeah that podcast it's, and it's also like she signs on to this gender and sexuality podcast, which like, okay, yeah, this would be a way that maybe she would organically meet people outside of her little, you know, white Miranda Charlotte, Samantha circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see the setup there, but then it's like, she's uncomfortable talking about masturbation in the first episode yeah. on the sexuality <laughs> podcast. And then she watches jerk, jerk, big jerk off the whole thing. <laughs> Um, also, Chris Noth, um, a lot of sexual assault allegations came out against him. So probably good that big died. Yeah. 
unintentionally kind of dodged a little bit of a bullet there yeah <laughs> or maybe and maybe that you know who knows oh, maybe spears that is that's uh Ooh, you never know but yeah so the, the podcast i do with the air quotes that they mm-hmm. that they have and the pod it's just <sighs> so this whole <laughs> series <laughs> is many of the people involved with it had said it's they want to correct sort of where they went wrong in the in the original series in terms of like diversity and inclusion which i think is a great (laughs) great great goal Mm -hmm. um but it just was a it's like you put it's like you're trying to make a nice stew and you just put every fucking thing in the kitchen in there Mm -hmm. and you don't cook it and Mm -hmm. you're just like is this did i do it um every like all these like quote-unquote diverse characters felt like boxes being checked each of the leads the white female leads was like assigned a woman of color to be her friend yeah that was deeply uncomfortable yeah yeah, which is like yes you should have more diversity and there should be women of color in roles on the show but it was just very much like each one each one of the white ladies gets a a woman of color yeah look (sighs) By it. the third introduction, I was like, oof, man. Like, this is what we're doing. I think Seema was the last one. Mm-hmm. And I do um, like Seema. I think I she's really one of the like better Seema. characters. But Yes. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I liked – I actually liked all of them, although mm-hmm. I found, like, the underdevelopment and – Yeah. Yeah, like, um, the professor – with Miranda, it was a little like, what is happening here? Anyway, yeah, we'll get into friends? it. <laughs> why are they friends? Why is she divulging all this like personal stuff? Especially after Miranda. Anyway. Um, no, it was it was uncomfortable. And then it was sort of like there were so ma- like you said, like so many vegetables being thrown in the stew uncooked. Like mm-hmm. in addition to this ham-handed attempt to put like to to kind of hurl diversity into the show and like to to compensate um it was like there was the gender and sexuality stuff that they were trying to talk they were trying to incorporate so much language around like gender non-conforming and um sexual like just different um addressing different places on the spectrum of sexuality charlotte's child is um (laughs) like Rose wants to be called Rock. Rock? Rock. How could you Rock. Find- rock. I actually forgot for a second. Well, because Rock is like the Rock. Rock. Uh, Rose wants to be called Rock. Um, and it just – and then between that and Che Diaz, they're, they're just – they are really trying to bring absolutely everything in. And all the while, they can't stop talking about how old they are and how, and then that just makes everything feel so like they're confronting their own obsolescence. Like they feel Mm -hmm. the whole thing feels like a absolutely like this frippery bow of irrelevance that I'm watching. (laughs) Absolutely. It's yeah, it's, um, it's not something to someone. I normally don't, when we talk about like shows and movies, I don't usually like read what people say about it beforehand but this right. one i had um a couple weeks ago and or was it earlier this anyway, at some point in vox um a writer alex um, abad santos wrote a nice little piece and said that the series finds the demented comedy in life simulations and the reboot isn't just about being fabulous it's about reckoning with your obsolescence being obsolete oh, and wait, i finally um 
Alex Abad Santos from Vox. Oh, cool. Said, I finally unlocked the Sex and City revival and I abandoned my expectations of it being remotely aspirational. And I read this after I'd watched it. I'm like, I almost wish I read this first and I looked at it through like that lens. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I got that too, but it was just like, I think we were go, or at least I was going into it thinking like, this is the next chapter of that show but like mm-hmm. brought to life now um and it was but in just a really ham-fisted um <laughs> way <laughs> it was just all over the place and like you said like you know you got Che Che Diaz we'll get into you have Brock and you have these uh, these characters these women of color like these who are supposed to be showing diversity and representation but it's like they're not diving deep enough for the most part they're not diving deep enough into these characters to actually serve that you know it's like you're they're trying it's like they wanted to someone referred to as like a woke panic like you're trying to just like quote unquote like check every box um and it just uh i don't think it it landed but um, yeah. as far as Carrie goes, I, I feel like I had the least amount of problems, I think, with her storyline. It was also the least, not the least interesting, but it was just sort of like, I don't know. I was, uh, I was, I guess, yeah, I was just the least engaged with Carrie's storyline, even though like I, I felt, fe- you know, I cried when Big Dad, you know, I felt feelings about it. But I was the least engaged with her storyline and also like the least upset by it. <laughs> like, yeah. this, you know, it was just sort of like, okay, sure. Yeah, Go right. Ahead. She kind of was like, she was the centering, definitely centering character. Like there couldn't, they couldn't do a lot with her after they decided grief is kind of what's happening for her this mm-hmm. whole, you know, we'll see her try to move on, try to date, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit. But like, I mean, she would, yeah, there were moments where she would put on an outfit and I'd be like, what? are we doing here with this? I mean, like if I saw someone walking down the street in this, I'd be like, are you filming something or like you're mentally, you're having a moment. Um, you might need help. Um, so those were, but I, and she sort of continued to remind me like of, of reasons why I would roll my eyes when I would watch sex in the city mm-hmm. in the past. Like that was kind of what the, the Carrie stuff, the way she talks to her shoes, like, or like the way that she just walked from her apartment with big to, I guess she just always had a, her other apartment, like, or it, there was yeah. like no transition. She just waltzed into her brownstone, like nothing she just always had it not a lot of explanation about that yeah so just sometimes the privilege does like the privilege and the money like smacks me in the face and that was definitely one of those moments where I was trying I I was trying to kind of go with it I enjoy seeing them at all these like you know silly high-end restaurants and cafes and doing their things and all the designers whatever but sometimes there are moments where it's like no one even bothered to explain (laughs) that she has like her old apartment just walking distance or whatever you know these millions of dollar townhouses anyway but yeah carrie carrie um she she kind of floated along she was a good anchor and in some senses i didn't it reminded me too of like when um 
in the first movie when Big like humiliates her in front of all of New York and yeah. leaves her at the altar. He did do that. He did. <laughs> he I did loved a lot of his... shitty things. Yes. I loved how at the funeral there was that woman who was like, am I the only one that remembers like what a shit he was to yeah. her or something? Like... <laughs> no, we remember. <laughs> that was a good little, but I was thinking like she kind of, she spent that movie recovering from that trauma. And so this mm-hmm. felt a lot like that where she just kind of served a similar like centering stable role doing something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it like, and the, the show is over the course of a year. So it's like the, the finale is like a year anniversary of big stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and throughout the, the series, you can see the ways in which she's dealing with grief and, you know, how she processes things and all that jazz. But yeah, Carrie, Carrie being Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha um, was not present, but she was, she was present via text. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, the way they like wrote around it was like basically that, sh- that Samantha, delicate little Samantha was so offended that Carrie was no longer in need of like a PR agency on retainer basically. Yeah. That she just abandoned all her friends and moved to London. Like, Samantha, like she wouldn't do that. No. Did not like there were ways they could have written it where it's like, oh yeah, that's believable that Samantha's. What if she just moved to London because of a job opportunity? Like, why does it Right. It, it has to be some sort of weird fa- They could have also said, like, she's going on this sort of like retreat where she's literally she she's not yes, it's some crazy retreat where she doesn't have her phone and she's gonna be there on an island for like a year and like she'll mm-hmm. come back, you know, or something like even something crazy like that. But yeah. I didn't buy what they were selling in terms of that story. Yeah. Story. She threw away all their friendships because she her ego just couldn't handle that like Carrie didn't want her to be her PR agent because she didn't need a PR like it was just like very mm, it didn't it didn't hit for me. No. You know? No. It didn't. Um, and they, yeah, they had her show up via text message. She sent white flowers to Big's funeral, which was a sweet moment. And, which I, and I appreciate that they didn't just, like, bury the character of Samantha. Yeah. Um, because Kim Cattrall was like, I'm not going to be part of this. She's like, yeah. fair. <laughs> fair. Um, <laughs> fair. Um, so I'm glad that they at least, like, you know, did do that. But, yeah, I just... Samantha's not like it's not really her vibe yeah um and then uh, Willie Garson who plays Stanford died while they were filming um so he's in like the first few episodes and then he moves to Tokyo apparently his character was a mistake I didn't like that either Um, I I get that they were not sure what was like what to do and they had Mm -hmm. to make quick decisions but it did feel like that character deserved better than his husband moving on like and and going on a date with someone who like doubted the holocaust i was just sort of like yuck yeah yeah that's where that's where we are yeah and he had a couple moments where i was like like with rock which we'll get where yeah "Mm, buddy yeah i don't know um I feel like we should do sh- maybe Charlotte and then Miranda because with Miranda yeah. comes Che. Right. And, <laughs> and, we all know. and Steve. Yeah. Oh, sweet, Steve. sweet baby Steve. Oh. Charlotte. Okay, Charlotte. Oh, man. Charlotte, 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 Charlotte. Still charlotting. Believe- she's still charlotting. And, and sometimes I wonder if it's believable that they are all still friends. 
Like at the end of Girls, they just the girls decided we aren't actually friends. Yeah. Goodbye. And this is one of those things where I thought, like, I just don't know that I buy that Charlotte that they're all friends with her still. Like when I, I did I, I did laugh when like um Miranda or not Miranda, um Carrie was like, Oh, Charlotte's here, she's gonna be upset that I didn't include her in like the, having some wine and mourning my dead mm-hmm. husband because I was just thinking like that is a, a hilarious kind of friend moment with a specific person who would mm-hmm. be like weirdly upset that you're not included in this one thing. Yeah. And it's like the thing is dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> leave me be. Let me do what I want to do right now, you know? Right. Um. So, yeah, I, I – she has – a child who's questioning their gender identity. She deals with it actually, like, she ends up dealing with it okay. I thought it was kind of, I liked the scene where she and her husband, who I, who I always forget that guy's Harry name. Harry. Harry. Goldenblatt. Sherry Goldenblatt. She was, when they were at school, and he he was obviously thrown because he has a good relationship with, with, um, <laughs> sorry, the cat. Um, but, he has a good relationship with rock and he was saying like it was hard for teachers to basically be telling him more about his kid or talking down. They were kind of talking down to him a little or being a little bit tough. Um, And so that seemed like a good, I liked that scene. It was kind Mm -hmm. of sad and touching and they're, they're trying their best, but they're just kind of like a little out of step, kind of like everything about the show. Yeah. It seemed like for the most part, their problems weren't with rock's identity, but with like being out of the know Mm -hmm. and out of, you know, not really being involved with it. Um, And yeah. Another moment where Anthony, I was like, you're fucked. He was so dismissive of, um, you know, rock. And whether the thing is like whether because some kids will try on different identities to see what fits mm-hmm. and then, you know, end up somewhere. And some kids at whatever age rocks at is like, nope, this is me. And then they stick with that for us. You, you don't know when you're in that moment. All you know is they're trying something on that feels right to them that moment. So just like be supportive. Yeah. Um, but it, it it did seem like there were definitely moments where I'm like, just like, just chill out and just call them rock. You know, yeah. it's just like. <laughs> But I, I would I would understand feeling like you're not part of their life anymore when you're kind of the last person to know mm-hmm. um, what's what's going on. And and Lily was around and doing well. Right. <laughs> yeah, Lily was um, excelling. I really liked the scene with the tampon. I thought that was mm-hmm. like I thought that was believable also as someone who just didn't use tampons for a while because it was kind of like, ah how does this work i don't really get it it's, it's a little scary, bit scary the first few times yeah. like I don't, there's a whole angle that you have to get accustomed to yeah so like I, I i don't know the show was strongest when it had those moments where you know it was just sort of funny relatable like you know charlotte is kind of showing her more like the t- her more tender side um and not being kind of <sighs> i don't know charlotting like she's just yeah. I love that she's yeah. still, you know, sucking D though. You know, I know they were had the ones with the best sex life. Yeah, it does seem like Charlotte is like the least repressed in some ways, despite yeah. being so Charlotte. You know, right? I mean, my one the and then that had to be kind of weirdly ruined because she couldn't just 
have the conversation that she should have had. Instead, she made it about like cancer and she, mm-hmm. poor Lily freaked Lily out. Do you have any questions? Yeah. Does, you know, how's dad's like, can- you know, does he have cancer? It's like, oh my God. I wish she had clarified and said, you know what? Well, said exactly what she was going to say. Yeah. And she, she backed off that, which was disappointing. I know. I wish she would have done that too. Just like serve some, some real talk. Um, Charlotte. But yeah, she also has a woman of color who is her friend. Um, <laughs> another character who I liked. Um, but yeah. yeah, it just was one of those things where like, all right, you're just literally assigning one to each person. And it's very clear you're doing that. Like, Yeah. And she was underbaked. I really liked... Mm-hmm. Because I liked where they were going with that. I liked her relationship with her husband and sort of mm-hmm. like when they were having that t- those kind of tense moments with the auction. Mm-hmm. Um, I just – and then that they didn't really go anywhere with that. Like it didn't have to be any major drama, but I thought, you know, something where Charlotte and um, – now I'm forgetting that woman's name. Like, shoot, I'm forgetting her name. But um, the Charlotte counterpart. Um, Naya, I think. Naya, okay. Um they were both like I don't know I thought there could have been interesting conversations there um and I also really like the actor who plays Naya's husband because he was Mm -hmm. Washington in Hamilton the original cast and he's just great so uh I wanted to just you know selfishly see more of them um and more of them just separate from anytime that the the other people with who were basically assigned to be sidekicks for all the main cast whenever they had scenes where it was just them and their partners or them and their kids that was always nice um Mm -hmm. and they could have really could have just used a little more of that um for each of those women yeah um yeah you know i don't know naya naya is the the friend of miranda i'm forgetting who okay but i agree it was definitely like felt like a little underbaked and there were some opportunities that maybe were missed and um you really do feel like it's the these women, the women of color, like through the lens of Charlotte, through which is of course the entryway into the show, but it's still I don't know. It was just this sort of like half harvested um, opportunity. There. And just give us more. They were so like each of them could have added like a whole lot more, but also I recognize that whatever this whatever the writers of sex in the city were going to do, we would have like come for them. I think mm-hmm. I can't, but that's because of that is because of like fruit from the poison tree. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's because the nineties and the early two thousands were the way they were. You can't make them, you can't unmake that. You can't wash it away. You can't change the way it was. Mm-hmm. You can only move forward. So this is like, in some ways I, I, if I'm being the most generous, I can be like, props to them for trying and like very very clunkily trying to move mm-hmm. forward i think there's like a whole generation of boomers and like late later gen xers who maybe um can watch and just like that and see the way that they're these women are sort of like stumbling through these problems mm-hmm. and relate to that relate to the like clumsy language and the sort of weird jokes and like all that and maybe it's a good entree for the for like a certain segment of people who just don't um 
you know, can't really digest it except, you know, through the lens of, and just like that. Um, so that's sort of my most, that's feeble, but that would be my one sort of defense of the way that they've gone forward with this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I think cause there, there, there are like, one of the frustrating things about it is there are like moments too, where you're like, okay, this resonates. And there are things where it's like, we get into Miranda and mm-hmm. her first day of, class because she's going to be a a social justice lawyer warrior now um and just the the one of the cringiest things i've ever seen on ever on television where (laughs) like yeah the the professor is a black woman and she it's this whole i I feel like she spent like five minutes just be like oh it's not well it wasn't because you're black but i do want to take the class because you are black and your hair doesn't and it's just like one thing after another and i initially when i watched that i was like oh i gotta do like miranda like miranda's gotta be karen right now um but you know as there is there are there are plenty of people with good intentions who slip up and aren't sure exactly what they're supposed to say like there was an element of realness there Mm -hmm. but it was just so over the top and then things like she has this like white savior moment when <sighs> professor is trying to get through with the but doesn't like have her like id badge out basically um but like it was fine she needed to step in and then the right. same professor is like being attacked on the subway and miranda steps in she's like i'm sorry i don't know if that was the white savior moment it's like no if you're literally if someone's being mugged like help them yeah it's like is that really a hem and a hall <laughs> moment where you're like i don't know if i should help this person of color be because they're being mugged because i don't want them to think i'm a white savior yeah no everyone wants help in that situation miranda like yeah goofy ass miranda this fucking season yeah I mean, they really, that, I think, wasn't that also the same episode where she's like, oh, was my pink pussy hat, like, not doing enough or something? Like, she was just, oh, that whole reflection, so that whole, many, like, white woman reflection. It was God. Just, oh. I feel like the, reading the transcript of the show would just be like, oh, God. So many just, like, <laughs> is this woke culture PC now? Am I doing it? And it's just like, no, this is like a, it, it feels almost sometimes, it feels like a satire of like woke liberal you know it's so over the top and heavy-handed and like disingenuous at so many points and i feel like miranda's the 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 character through which we can see that the most and the character that i was the most like the fuck what are you doing to to my girl here um which is not to say that she wouldn't have moments where she says the wrong things even though she means like i'm sure that would happen for her mm-hmm. but the way they did it just like beat you over the head my god and then like she's very not subtly has a drinking problem um and then admits it and then like it just kind of vanishes mm-hmm. it just vanishes yeah she says something like if i had a drinking problem you know me carrie i would just stop and it right. wouldn't be a thing and then like i i'm assuming what they what they were going for is like now that she when she becomes more you know at touch with her sexual identity and who she is she doesn't need to drink like that anymore but it's never addressed that's also not how you can't just like go from being an addict to like no i decided to stop yeah 
they just never really put a put a pin in that one no yep there was no they just let that one that that um plot point really dangle um Mm -hmm. which you know i get that we don't need every single thing tied up but in a show like and just like that yeah we kind of do you know or just addressed when it's like (laughs) it's like her plot line in the first you know it's like a big part of what's going on with miranda yeah it's like no she's she's cool now that she's got shady yes oh man you want to so so what bothered you the most about Che Diaz? Che Diaz. Oh, God. It's like I wanted to like Che. I like Sarah Ramirez, mm-hmm. um, actor who plays Che. Um, and Che, like, Che could have been, if they weren't written like such a fucking fool, mm-hmm. could have been a really great character. Like, I feel like Sarah Ramirez could have made a cool Che. Yeah. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. Um, I don't know where to begin. I mean, Che is... N- very selfish mm-hmm. um smoking weed at her or at uh, at their employees at carrie's husband's funeral mm-hmm. and just like passing it off to the teen and be like what's your what's your problem man smoke weed at a funeral <laughs> like people do and then like showing up to your employee's um apartment with a bottle of tequila is also peculiar when they're recovering from surgery and then fucking Miranda in her employee's kitchen um after aforementioned tequila and some weed mm-hmm. also super um yeah not very um thoughtful yeah not or, when Miranda I mean uh Carrie needs help going to the bathroom yeah yeah, that's a great moment when, like, and also all the scenes between Che and Miranda, I'm just so unco- not uncomfortable with, like, the sex, the sexy vibes. I'm cool with sexy vibes, but, like, it was, it, I was just, like, what is this, like, magical, like, white lighting? Where are we? <laughs> it just, it was just all so cringy, and Miranda was so, like, head over heels like infatuated with Che and then by the end of it like they're in love but I don't know how it happened Mm -hmm. I did not see the development from Che's side I thought it was going to be like Che being like you need to calm the fuck down yeah you know I'm not you know I'm not interested in in this in that way but no it was like no I love you move to move with me um which also another thing I hate about Che is Che and I don't hate Che I kind of hate (laughs) Che but the last episode, Che has this, like, cabaret to announce that they're, like, moving for this big pilot opportunity. Um, mm. I can't even, like, describe this, like, weird cabaret announcement. And then asks Maria to move with them. and Mer- or Mer- Miranda to move with them. <laughs> and Miranda, like, give- gives up this huge, important internship that was what I think she was working towards all season. We didn't really hear yeah, much about it. We did not hear anything all about it. All we heard was that she was giving it up for Che. Um, yeah. I just, Che... Che was, like, also supposed to be a comedian and not funny at all. Mm. Another, like, apparent satire of like woke culture mm-hmm. was Che Diaz's comedy concert <laughs> and Miranda just like cackling and listening yeah. to the podcast and like, oh, it's so funny um no not funny nothing was funny that Che ever said I think um 
just really they were like we need to put a non-binary person of color in this role and we're just gonna write this role as like i don't know like a boomers i don't know like (laughs) what but um idea of what that means Mm -hmm. like no real depth or actual personality outside of like (laughs) whoa (laughs) smoking weed like i just like such a such an opportunity Mm -hmm. such a waste that's the problem with shady is it's just just what a wasted opportunity and what a fucking dork like (laughs) stop you're so embarrassing (sighs) so here's the thing i you loved didn't Chang? like no no i didn't like <laughs> Chadia's, um but i was so prepared to hate them because of the internet like telling me mm-hmm. that i kept waiting for something like horrible or like extra narcissistic or really shitty and so i kept finding like oh well i mean they're being upfront about what they can and can't give to Miranda. They have some level of ethics in terms of they assume she was in an open marriage and when she said she wasn't, they were like, that's fucked up. Goodbye until you figure your shit out. Mm-hmm. They were, there were moments where like when Miranda said, you know, oh, I'm their girlfriend or something. I forget exactly how that played out with um, Che and fans and Miranda identified herself as just the girlfriend and there was sort of like an awkward little smile from Che and I was sort of wanting there to be a little bit more exploration there. I really wanted Che to kind of get into like, Hey, I've, you know, cause Che says, I don't want anything traditional. And I was waiting for like the other shoe there to drop because the, I love you is such a, that is implied commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, like the, the deep narcissism of being like, by the way, draw. it didn't seem like if we are going with like the thin, thinly drawn character of Che that we have, that if Che loves Miranda, Che would also support Miranda doing the internship and not being like, come move with me to L.A. for pilot season. Yeah. Do the do the internship. We can make something work. And I do. I do totally agree that, you know, Che was very um, was very ethical in some senses, you know, mm-hmm. like I you're married and you're not in an open relationship like mm, right probably not gonna do that that. yeah yeah exactly things like that where you're like all right you know and that's the thing is like che isn't like the worst character ever on tv or anything like that (laughs) it's just they were just so the ways in which they were cringy were just so like apparently from like a lack of understanding or any actual interaction with anybody who's within any of the communities Che would be in like and there are certain like there are all types of people within any like subgenre of human right so there are people that are just like Che Diaz out there I'm sure but like each of the characters outside of like the, the white female seem to be either like underwritten or written to a stereotype mm-hmm. you know and I feel like Che was just the Che was the most performative, I guess. And yes. so I think that's part of why the internet was like, what are you, the cap, like, what are you doing? And like, you're not, and like the, really, I think what did it for Che was just like, 
the jokes that the writers of the show wrote for Che that were so bad and not jokes and not funny and not saying anything intelligent either. Just like, uh, it was mm, just really, really, really missed the mark with, with old uh, Che Diaz. Um, (laughs) And I think people seemed, and this is the part where I'm the least qualified to actually speak on, speak on it because I have not watched a whole lot of Sex and the City, like the show, I have very, I have like a very blinkered, um, I think, like uh, a understanding of the, the plot. Like I really appreciated how the writers would insert things at different moments. Like I did not remember that Steve cheated on Miranda. So I was very grateful that some writer took pity on me and inserted like a sentence that reminded me, oh, that happened. Because like yeah. otherwise, you know, it just so there were moments like that where it's like, oh, thank you for taking pity on people who don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge but i it seems like a lot of the hate with che also comes from the way in the ways in which che drew out a miranda that people didn't yeah. like or feel like was congruous to her character one of the things that i actually found very frustrating too at the end was that as she's going through this transformation like the i don't know why this one bothered me so much it's almost like um it's almost like Sandy at the end of Greece when she does like her uh-huh. whole sexy transformation. And it's like really, even as a like fourth or fifth grader, I was like offended to my core. Yes. Why is Sandy <laughs> gonna be wearing like the black other pants if she's not? That's Why? Not he loved her the way she was, and she was great the way she was. Anyway, um, Miranda like cha- dyed her hair um back, and yeah, I didn't like that. I was just like, ah. was like what's the message to that? You right. know, is it like? I don't know if they're trying to go for like her feeling like vibrant again, but what it hit was like, cause she talked about earlier how like it shouldn't matter what her, that her hair is gray, you know, and, right. that it's, and then it's like, so it does. And it does mean that you're like a, an old downtrodden woman. And like, I, yeah, Miranda, who was my, my favorite of the four, I think uh, the first, uh, you know, in the, the original series, um, I still got love for her and it's and there are aspects of it that are believable it's like a lot of times I feel like when people um come out later in life you you have sort of this like adolescence again not in every aspect of your life but in terms of dating it's like mm-hmm. okay you're now dating people that you're attracted to for the first you know it's yeah. like it's a, all those feelings you feel when you're going through that process the first time happen a little bit later. So someone who might be like an established attorney might act, you know, in the dating realms might act the way we might have acted in our twenties, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know. It just, it didn't, it, it felt quasi believable, you know, like I, it's just, it was just cringy to see how like out of, control into Che she was you know just yeah. like so fucking into Che all the time just like Che 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 and yeah. then somehow Che is like yeah it's reciprocated like okay didn't know that but yeah good for you I guess and then Steve and Brady bro gross I, yeah gross Why? I... what was the point of Brady and his girlfriend was that just to be like oh these young kids are having sex and they aren't like their parents aren't like yeah i mean it did want me to have like it did make me want to have a dessert ritual like that certainly it was like ooh, i love that but Mm -hmm. i i mean i i 
even the the sad scene with Steve where he's like, I'm tired of fighting for us or something, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to fight again, then didn't make sense later when he was talking to Carrie and he's like, this ring's never coming off. It's Yeah. It, but from the very, I mean, they didn't give him shit to do until like the last, like the ninth no. episode. I mean, he was just like, I wear my hair, Nate. It was like, are you 80? <laughs> like, what is this voice? And like, oh my God, you, or I, I need my hair, Nate, on both hair. It was like, it was like, it was a caricature. It was like, I know that he has like a funny, his voice is sort of very unique, but this was like, Someone said, you're going to be the grumpy old man from The Simpsons and dial it up to 11. It was there like, we go. That's what? the C we're working with. And the <laughs> actor who plays Steve in real life does have a hearing aid in one of his ears. But like, ha- also having a hearing aid doesn't hurt. You. Like, he was just such a bumbling fool. He was. You know, I mean, and they tied it in. Friend, yeah. He, uh, Naya, when he met Naya, he was like, I, I forget what I got over here. I got to go back and get eggplant. I don't know what he was doing, but I was just like. What is this scene? I'm going to like. I need to pause and like they, drink some water. Yeah, they made him such a buffoon, and they like tied it into aging and, and hearing aids. When it's like, they're not necessarily related. And he, I mean, he was just such. He's always been kind of like a, like a little goofy, you yeah. know, Steve, you know. But they just <laughs> made him such a like blustering idiot. And <laughs> and my husband does Steve impressions now every day. Oh my gosh. To, to everyone around, oh which is no. me and the baby and like the animals. And he's like, Miranda, why don't you want to have sex with me, Miranda? It's <laughs> <laughs> just the worst. Uh, oh, it's but, sad. Yeah. And I lo- I got love for Steve. Um but it, yeah, it was it was sad. It, it's just like where's he gonna go now? And yeah. um you know you have she, she had no duty to stay with them absolutely like she should have ended things but it's just right. sad that they were like it was revealed they hadn't had sex in years right which right. like maybe i'm naive but like years yeah that seems like something that should have been addressed before che diaz fingered miranda and carrie's <laughs> fucking kitchen while she pissed herself like <laughs> i just and there is the moment where Miranda tries to have sex with Steve and he's like, whoa, 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 you know? Yeah. But that's all. And I mean, obviously Miranda and Steve shouldn't be together, but I just feel like they really made Steve's character more like bumbling and blustering than they needed to. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then they just made her kind of like vaguely miserable. Well, yeah, it just was sort of, it was kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. 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 Over, overall, like, quite a bummer. And I really do want there to be another season. And, like, <laughs> like why so badly do And I watched every episode. You know, I was like, oh, is there a new episode? Let me check it out. And then, like, hated it. <laughs> like, when's the next episode? Because um, it's like, I want, even, the like, the original series, like, is and was and will forever be problematic in different ways. And um it's it's one of those things like kind of like friends where it's like if you watched at a certain point in your life you just you always have like a certain nostalgia toward it even though you can look back and be like yeah things um and it's not that i don't know i i think this was cringy in a way that that like re-watching the old series is cringy to see like how they like missed the mark um mm-hmm 
like without even realizing it. and now it's like they were told about the mark and then they just like missed it in a different direction mm-hmm. um so I, I just want them to like get it right you know yeah. it's like with new shows I feel like we'll often give them a season and kind of mm-hmm. forgive their sins <laughs> um I, I think I mean I don't know what needs to happen in the writer's room uh to turn this <laughs> train around um but I want them to, and I want Aiden to come back because the actor said he was going to, but he was just trolling everyone. I guess he, he was like didn't. lying. Yeah, yeah, he was just like <laughs> joshing around, but not like laughing. Just which is kind of lying. Kind of lying. Uh... <laughs> telling some, telling a joke. Um, maybe yeah. thought they'd. I don't know, but I, I would like them to go forward with this, and I like that they showed like you know. I, I saw the comparison made online that like the women in the Golden Girls were like the same age as these women at the start of this series. Oh, really? Yeah, and I thought you know that's oh. interesting, and I like I I do think it's important to have you know shows that show older women like living lives and not just being like ah we're old man. Right. Even though there was a lot of this that was like there we're out of touch. Um, but there were some moments, yeah, where it's just like fashion and vibrancy, and you know, and also some fashion where it's like, is this fashion or are you confused this morning? Um, but I want another season because I want them to like, I have love for whatever reason, I have love for some of these characters, and I just want to see, I want to see things turn out. And like, Miranda, you know, (laughs) yeah, what's gonna come of this? It's like when. Topanga turns down what was it Yale because Corey oh, proposed oh I forgot about that and that bothered me when we were we were young we were and that children. definitely bothered me yeah and it's not to say that like you shouldn't fought like because you know Miranda's friend was confronting her about it and she's like I'm following my heart and then it's like oh well if you're following your heart and it's like yeah but also like if it's true true love maybe you can do your internship and do long distance and then move in with Che right like it's right. Just, it was all very like Miranda's whole thing was very adolescent and I didn't like it because she was always like the one with her shit together in some senses she was like emotionally a little immature sometimes but th- that being said people do go through transitions and life changes and sometimes the way that you present and are perceived and changes through your life because of you know various things so I don't know but I just <laughs> lord we'll see we'll see about a second season of this and uh i you know i'd be very interested if they could dial things back a little bit and mm-hmm. certainly stop with it it's just weirdly it was weirdly ageist to me or like the focus the obsessive focus on everyone getting older like we need to just cool it on that and let everyone live their lives because the age will come through in the way that they deal with their kids mm-hmm. and medical issues and the fashion could stand to change. I mean, the shoes Carrie wore to the um, painting was like, what are you, what are, what? That is unhinged. That is, that is a choice that is, should be illegal, but frankly, uh, like <laughs> you're going to hurt yourself and other people in those heels anyway. Um, but yeah, I would be really interested to see. Um, I'd love to I, I care about what what the other characters what's happened like what's gonna happen with Naya and her mm-hmm. husband. I thought that was a super interesting 
yeah thing I, I really liked the other guy on the other podcast host on x y and me he he and his yeah. um, girlfriend and their like pop-up wedding was so cute um mm-hmm. and yeah obviously i'm a fan of um charlotte's friend and um you know washington from hamilton uh, I want to see more of them. So, and Sima was like badass. And I loved that. I loved yeah. that she got someone who was like, they were smoking and fucking and. Oh, for days of fucking. Yeah. She felt like the, oh. like the more, maybe the most fleshed out of the new characters. And even that being said, and of course in one season, you only have so much time to flesh out, which is also like, maybe mm-hmm. then don't try to have every <laughs> type of human being under the sun. Right. Um, right. Focus. But I did think that she was one of the more, um, the more well-rounded, um, thought-out, uh, you know, additional characters this season. Still could have done for more, but I think part of it had to do with, you know, the writers spreading themselves. Uh, <laughs> Something. Something. And the thing, yeah, I, I talk <sighs> all this shit, but I watched every episode and um, enjoyed <laughs> myself. So, you know, and they've, they've heard, I'm sure they've heard our noise on the internet and... But I'm just so curious that this was the response to the noise. So, like, what, how are they going to, this was them trying their best, I would assume. So, how, mm-hmm. they need some fresh blood. I don't know if, I don't know what they need to do, but hopefully season two will come and it's going to correct all the sins of season one and the series. Or I guess we just let it die. Um, and accept that sometimes we can't fix fix what we've done we just need to let it stay dead um but i want more you know i i have always been pretty apathetic about um sex in the city i never watched it a whole lot when i was sort of when everyone else was i didn't really relate to one of the characters over any of the other ones so it Mm -hmm. just didn't really like ever fill that nostalgia spot for me so i um i will watch with interest what happens um and, um, you know, I, I would, I would watch another season of this train wreck. Absolutely. See if they can <laughs> see if they can course correct. Uh, it was, I will say too, I was very surprised. There were moments when I was laughing out loud and I was mm-hmm. not expecting <laughs> that. <laughs> so yeah, they, they still it, got there it. were good moments. There yeah. were good moments. It was just like the, the feeling and the takeaway was yeah. not because of how, heavily they tried to to genuinely become woke but by doing that just becoming a farce like but there were good moments and sweet moments and funny moments and touching moments um throughout which also were kind of like jarring yeah because you're just sort of like going back and forth between like this is so stupid and like why am I crying um (laughs) but you know yeah, they just we'll, we'll jumped, see what's... They jumped and <laughs> face-planted into 2022. Oh, they sure did. And yeah, now maybe they can put some thought into the next season and see what, what comes out. Yes, so true. And now for We See You. All righty. Um, so Tina Peters, um, she was the Republican uh, Mesa County in Colorado clerk. Um, who's facing accusations that she breached the security of voting machines. Um, more details on that. In May of last year, she and two other people entered a supposed secure area of a warehouse 
where there was um, crucial election information stored, and they copied hard drives <laughs> and software from voting machines. Um, really, really great things like that. So she announced right. yesterday that she's going to run to be the top elections official in Colorado. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So in and of itself, um, concerning. Uh, we don't know if she'll win or not, but the fact that you'd feel <laughs> after allegedly tampering an election that you feel like you should be elected to be the top elections official Mm kind of makes you nervous um and it it feels like the normalization of people with these beliefs and like crimes that they commit Mm -hmm. in pursuit of of these belief uh beliefs um it's a dangerous normalization that's happening Mm -hmm. it seems like there are more and more people um in the united states who have spread false claims about the 2020 election and fake claims about fraud who now want to oversee elections. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me nervous because you look at people like Marjorie, <laughs> mm-hmm. people who legitimately get elected into positions mm-hmm. and then have real power. And enough, any one of these people I feel like getting elected um, is a very, very bad thing that could have devastating consequences locally the more and more of these people that kind of slide into these spots, the scarier it gets because, you know, one of them having power in this place and that place and this place, and it just snowballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course these people getting elected means there are so many, there are enough people that still believe that the, you know, there was voter fraud and all. there's so many people, so so many people that still believe that that happened. Yeah. Um, and you know, in the in the larger scheme of things, it just makes you wonder, like, what will it, how do you convince somebody the truth is the truth mm-hmm. and a lie is a lie when they believe the opposite? And it seems more and more like we can't. And so hopefully we'll just win the numbers game. I mean, this sounds dark, but ugh, COVID, when you look at who, mm. who succumbed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there's the part of me, and I really don't relish saying that. I really don't. I hated saying it, but no. like, there are, there are forces coming from from all from all sides. We'll say, but <laughs> as far as Tina Peters goes, uh, we see you. Don't run for election official positions if you've allegedly tampered in past elections. I don't know. Just a yeah. thought. Just a thought. Ugh. Yeah, we see you. Um, that is, it's <laughs> this kind of, um, well, one of my other we see you's piggybacks off that a little bit, but yeah, it's just sort of like, it's so dark. Um, thinking about, you know, winning, how we have to win numbers games, and yet the numbers keep getting stacked against us with Republicans and all of these um, legislatures uh, statewide changing the rules so that they can reject more voter ballots and, um redraw districts in a way that basically takes power away from the majorities uh Mm. so great so that (laughs) more on that soon um so my first we see you is that police reportedly um i saw police reportedly link a woman to a crime using dna taken from her rape kit So this is in San Francisco. Um, The district attorney admits that it was possibly a rights violation and could uh, deter sexual assault victims from speaking out. (sighs) So this was pretty grotesque because, um, as has been reported um, many times, there's 
often there are about um, 100,000 uh, untested backlogs of or backlogs of untested uh, rape kits nationally. Um, there's no federal law that mandates the tracking down and testing of kits, so it's up to each state to assess their own backlogs and decide how to move forward. And it's just never a real priority. Um, rape kits, just as a reminder, um, for sexual assault kits are packages of items used by medical professionals to collect physical evidence off of a survivor's body and clothing following sexual assault. The examination required to collect this evidence is long and invasive and usually performed on a sexual assault, um, someone who just um, experienced sexual assault um, by a nurse examiner. Um, and once the evidence is collected, the kit should be sent to a crime lab for testing. And um, ideally, the crime lab is supposed to develop a DNA profile for the offender based on the evidence in the kit. And then that evidence is supposed to be put in an FBI national DNA database to aid in the investigation and prosecution of sexual assault cases. And this is all um, the University of Little Rock's um, wider study on um, um, a project called End the Backlog, talking about untested and backlogged rape kits. Um, so that's just like a little reminder of that. Um, so this was actually an untested um, rape kit is what it's, it's looking like. Um, based on the uh, San Francisco Chronicles report. Um, the uh, It's disturbing that you would somehow manage to find the the, um, the wherewithal and the, um, I guess, like institutional priority level to go in and test um, previously untested um, rape exams. Um, to uh, link this woman to a felony property crime in the city. Um, and the evidence, they were able to test her rape exam. So you're not going to go in and actually test this evidence and try to actually help with the crime, the first crime, <laughs> the reason why you have her uh, DNA. And um, it's just really disgusting to me. It feels like I'm so frustrated that law enforcement, like, manages to find a way to prosecute women using like evidence from their rape exams that when they weren't able to ever prioritize the actual rape exam itself um it should feel it feels to me like it's it's at a minimum it's fair to say oh you're trying to use um dna from a domestic violence or a, a victim of sexual assault has this rape test first of all been been uh tested and have we have we been able to help this woman and proceed in her case at all um no well then you have no right to test it for a different crime <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's i mean it's also like just feels like a blatant violation of privacy um and it's super shady and um you've got to do better if you're going to identify if you need this woman on a property crime try to find her in a different database that isn't one that was collected for um a rape that happened to her um so yeah super fucked up and so just we see you to the uh police department of san francisco yeah it feels like that should be illegal i don't it, <laughs> yeah Ooh, it, mm -hmm. mm, that one that one doesn't sit right mm. yeah <laughs> no 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 um no. moving over to west virginia um, mm -hmm. So last week on Friday, their uh, Republican-controlled Senate, um, state Senate, passed a measure 
that would rescind uh, the state's 1972 ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment, um, which if added to the U.S. Constitution. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? We need some, some more holdouts there. Um, and of course, the Equal <laughs> Rights Amendment, um, if added to the U.S. Constitution, would guarantee uh, men and women equal rights under the law. Um, and these uh, 23 Republicans were like, no. Um, and it passed on a, the passing means the rescinding of, uh, of the ratification. So they passed it with a voice vote, no debate. Um, it's heading to the House of Delegates for a vote and House Democrats um, tried to reject it, but they weren't able to. Um, apparently, uh, the groups behind it, or a lot of the groups behind it, according to the Associated Press, are anti-abortion activists, hmm. um, activists, which makes sense um, because the ERA would offer a new avenue legally to challenge abortion restrictions. Um they're also pursuing a 15-week abortion ban in West Virginia, worth noting. Um, so it's interesting that this uh, hesitancy toward adopting um, the Equal Rights Amendment comes hand-in-hand hand with anti-abortion activism. It's almost as if giving men and women equal rights would also mean that abortions would have to be uh, accessible and legal. Mm. Um, which, I don't know, it sounds like abortion is a woman's rights mm. issue, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just shocking that uh, the Republicans in West Virginia are, <laughs> are doing this. Shocked. Um, I'm shocking. I'm curious if more states are going to do it. And with the ERA, uh, Congress passed it in 1972, and then states were given seven years to ratify it. Then that that deadline was extended um, until 1982, and then after Trump was um, elected, a few more states came forward to ratify it because of seeing the need to do so. Nevada, Illinois, and Virginia. Um, Long story short, uh, we see you to West Virginia's Republican-controlled state Senate for passing the measure to rescind the 1972 gratification of the Equal Rights Amendment. It's, yeah, it seems like uh, a lot of women's rights are under attack. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're really going out of their way, aren't they? Yeah. Google it, y'all. It's uh, all over the country. <laughs> uh, sketchy shit is happening there. Yeah. It's really like, hey, <laughs> what else can we kind of do to, to just slide backwards progress-wise? Yeah. Um, mm, cute. Um, well, refreshing to have a West Virginia we see you that's not centered around Joe Manchin, but uh, not really because it's still trash. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay, so this we see you is to Harris County, Texas, where um, the 2022 primaries are in full swing, um, and they're in, in in good news. There's a there was a huge uptick in in um, voter registration in the last year, so it's looking to be high turnout for these primaries. Um, but elected officials are saying that they're seeing more mail-in ballots rejected in 2022 than in previous years. Ugh. Um, as many as 37% so far of, of mail-in ballots in Harris County have been rejected so far. 
This is because lawmakers earlier this year enacted stricter voting guidelines as part of Senate Bill 1 that require voters to include their driver's license number or the last four digits of their social security number. Um, and a lot of this information is not readily available in terms of when the voters open their um, mail-in ballots. It's not clear um, exactly. It's not clear that these this information needs to be uh, included. It's also something that a lot of voters don't want to include, and I would count myself among this. You don't want to just put your social the last four of your social on like a mail-in ballot that you're just sending back to the state, and to trust that that is that information is going to be kept confidential, either that or your driver's license. It's, it's a lot of personal information that's just going to be floating around in office. Um, and it's a disincentive to vote to have to include, to have to share that information. Um, it's also now against the law to actually send out um, mail-in ballots or, you know, assist with that. People have to request them. Um, and uh, if you if your ballot was rejected, the turnaround time to get a new ballot mailed to you is 24 to 36 hours. Um, so it's it's just there's a lot of um, shady shit going on um, in terms of um, finding lots of excuses to uh, complicate the process, disincentivize people to vote, confuse people, um, and just generally depress, uh, votes. Um, the, there's also other news like on the Texas front reported by the Texas, Texas civil rights project that said that there, um, are, they're receiving reports of, um, in McLean and McLennan County, um, of, uh, intimidation um, from officials in Waco campaigning at early voting locations. Um, so, um, you know, sheriff's department officials can't camp can't campaign while in uniform and um, are supposed to respect um, a certain distance away from uh, to leave voters alone and not pressure them. Um, so there's just you know this was stuff that's totally predictable because. Um, there have been aggressive anti-voting rights measures um, happening in Texas over the last year and across the country over 260 different um, measures that are aimed at um, suppressing voter suppression, basically, um, making things more complicated for people. What a delight. Um, so, yeah, this is just one of those things. 37% of ballots being rejected in Harris County, Texas. We see you. Oh, God. All right, so I saw a um, an article about how teachers um, have been having difficulty teaching Black History Month um, due to restrictions imposed upon them. Um, we've talked about critical race theory a bit in the past, um, and that many many people are very scared of it and want to uh, do away with it. Mm. Um, according to uh, Education Week, uh, since January 2021. 37 states have introduced measures to limit how race and discrimination can be taught in public school classrooms, and 14 of those 37 have imposed laws or rules to enforce these restrictions. Um, that's just since Jan it's February 2022. This is since January 2021. Not that much time for all of these states to be having these measures introduced and implemented. Um, critical race theory is not new. Um and I would say it's not con you know, it's not new and controversial. It is controversial, but not because there is a, a lack of merit to it, mm -hmm. <laughs> but because of uh, the landscape that we're living in. 
Um, the core idea in critical race theory um, is that race is a social construct and that racism isn't just the product of individual bias or individual prejudice, but something embedded in legal systems and policy. So basically the idea that racism isn't just, oh, that guy in the white hood doesn't like black people. It's okay. It's embedded in legal systems and policies. Um, a couple examples, um, red line in the 1930s when government officials drew lines literally around areas deemed poor financial risks, um, often explicitly due to the racial composition of those inhabitants and banks would not um would refuse to offer mortgages to black people in those areas and today there are repercussions for that um there's also the the war on drugs which i feel like is cited a lot um when there were harsher penalties for possession of crack cocaine versus powder cocaine which are they're functionally the same thing but black americans are more likely to be convicted of um penalties for crack cocaine and whites um, for powder cocaine and within four years the average federal drug sentences for black offenders are 49 percent higher than those um, for white offenders according to the ACLU so those are just some some examples of legal systems and policies in place that you know that, that's critical race theory these are these are facts these are things that have happened these are important things to know mm -hmm. um the there was an English teacher Mike Stein who was interviewed for the the article I the the article I read who said that history teachers cannot adequately teach about the Trail of Tears the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement. Um, English teachers will have to avoid teaching almost any text by an African American author because many of them mention racism. Um, and that's the thing is these bills are often incredibly vaguely written, and then they pass, and it's unclear what is actually covered in these bills. And so now teachers are afraid <laughs> to teach, to teach, basically. Mm -hmm. um, it's unclear in these states, like, can you teach about Jim Crow laws um, and segregation? And where, like, where is the line? Where does this end? Um, and we need critical race there. We need to actually teach our children when they go to school. Um, and I've heard the argument that, oh, what's the point in dwelling <laughs> history class? Why dwell in the past? Why like, dwell on it? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the whole fucking point. Yeah. But why, why dwell on it? Why talk about all this negative stuff that happened in America? It's just going to be divisive. Mm. It's not going to be productive. What's the point? Well, I mean, history informs the present. It's like when a shooting happens and they say, we can't talk about gun policy it's too soon that's mm -hmm. not stopping any shootings they're still happening you're just not talking about it it's the teaching history helps prevent the repetition of it plus the thing about critical race theory is it's not just history the point is that it is still happening because it is entrenched in our institutions right um <laughs> so if you don't teach the history you're not teaching the present day and what are you fucking teaching yeah what are you teaching then um yeah. And it is, yeah, it's, it should be unbelievable that in 37 states, there are efforts to not, to basically make it illegal to accurately teach American history. Um, mm -hmm. And it's actually quite chilling, quite terrifying. You think of it in, you know, in tandem with the book bannings that, that we've talked mm -hmm. about. Um, and you're left with big question of what will our schools actually be teaching our children mm -hmm. um and it's scary because they're they're really scooping the facts out 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, we see you. We see you. That's so, so frustrating to me. Um, and, you know, I don't I feel like I would be a less open minded, less informed person if not for the teachers that I had in high school who taught me history a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm you know, beating a broken drum on that one or banging a broken drum. But uh, that is true. And I think that history history is understatement of the century. Um, very uncomfortable. American history is it's horrific. Um, there's lots of, lots of, there was lots of progress. There's lots of interesting stuff that happened, lots of stuff that wasn't necessarily horrific, but it was all like based on, um, just a whole bedrock of horror. And that leads us all to where we are today. And it's just narrow-minded, loud parents across the country should not be dictating what teachers teach. No. <sighs> okay. Um, this we see you is uh depressing um because uh another uh there was another attack in New York in Chinatown against an Asian American woman, Christina Yuna Lee, 35. She was uh fatally wounded in her bathtub at about 4 30 a.m. on Sunday. Um the suspect uh followed her home around 4 30 a.m. Um and he got into her apartment um, as she, you know, before she could close the door um, and stabbed her 40 times. Um, and it's disturbing on, I mean, it's, it's so, so horrific. There's this, this increase in um, violence against Asian Americans across the country, but specifically in New York and in, in parts of California, there's been a documented increase in these hate crimes um and it also just feels important to mention that for some reason um the police weren't able to get into her apartment for an extra hour even though they were called very quickly um and they were able to hear her crying for help um she uh was on a sixth floor, her apartment was on a sixth floor walk up. A neighbor heard her screaming and called 911. Um, and for some reason, the police couldn't get into her apartment or access her for an hour. Like it was like 5 30 a.m. before they were able to get in. Um, thankfully, the suspect is in custody, 25 year old man Asamad Nash, um, who uh, had uh, three other charges, including, I think, I forget exactly. There was including some other violent, like trying to push someone in front of a subway or something um, horrible, um, but was out, out on bail. Um, this is just um, so sad. Um, Christina Lee was uh, a graduate of Rutgers University, and she'd worked for companies like Marriott and Tom's, and she is she was a senior creative producer at Splice, an online platform for digital music. And it's just uh, really horrible and just deserves to be called out. You know, her life matters, mattered. Um, this violence against the, you know, AAPI community is, um, continues to be really depressing and I do feel like it's it's again it's an outgrowth of just the hate that was cultivated under Trump um 
I think there are lots of different tendrils to his admin, like the horror of his <laughs> administration um, that we won't get out from under for a long time. Um, but emboldening um, hateful people to commit hateful crimes um, and giving a voice and a platform to violence and ignorance across the country. Um, whether you're a Nazi in Orlando or um, someone following an innocent woman home to kill her um, in Chinatown, it's uh, unacceptable. And obviously, I mean, I'm like, it's unacceptable, duh. But like, I just want to call it out as the final. We see you. Um, and, you know, so sorry for the family of Christina Lee. We see you. Really chilling awful terrible beyond words yeah um well <laughs> ending on a good quite thing. a segue i know what? the segue there's no way to do it um <laughs> um ever just encourage everyone to check out um on twitter um there's a trailer called titanic with a cat where <laughs> someone took the time to to photoshop a cat into um a trailer of Titanic um, for Valentine's Day. So it's Jack, and instead of Kate in most scenes, there is a very cute black cat that he's talking to. <laughs> it's great. I think they should make one, too, with the cat as Jack, you know? Yes, yes, they should. They should. We want equity. Um, we want equity in, in this and all things. Um, I am trying to think, trying to find, like, who – posted it first i saw it on charlotte climber's account um on uh actually yesterday yeah for valentine's day um and then there's a hashtag owl kitty um and so maybe that's a good place to google if you're looking for this but um we'll also just like retweet it from our twitter page because it brings me joy it brings us joy it does it's a pure good thing in this world <laughs> At the end of the day, all we have is photoshopped <laughs> cat content to get us through. So we really do. Oh man. Okay. Well, Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts. Bye. Bye.